This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book, as usual. I read a movie, said they. <laughs> read a movie. <laughs> ah! No, I watched a movie. This week, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Taylor, because this is a story that I found. I brought to the platform. I brought to, to the listeners of Illiterate. This week, we're doing JT Leroy. JT Leroy. Here we go. Let's get into it. J.T. Leroy is probably the biggest literary scandal of the last 30 years, uh, if not more. And it is something that I wasn't aware about until 2016. There was a documentary that came out. It's on Amazon Prime right now. It's called Author, the J.T. Leroy Story. And that is a documentary uh, about the genesis of this and one side of the story. I guess, yeah. yeah. So, But Taylor read Girl, Boy, Girl by Savannah Noop. The we'll call her the actress that that played J.T. Leroy right. in public, um, and so this documentary that came out in 2016 is based on Laura, the actual author of these books, and then Girl Boy Girl is the memoir of Savannah and her experience being the face and physical manifestation of this imaginary author who made these things, and so then. Evan watched recently in 2019, this very year, came out a yes. fictional account. Starring Laura Dern and uh, Kristen Stewart. I, I watched it. Uh, it came out at the end of April. I just watched it. And it's very different than the documentary, to mm -hmm. where the documentary is definitely Laura, the actual author, the, the writer. Uh, it's her, a lot more of her perspective, the genesis of the material, the J.T. Leroy material, whereas uh, the movie J.T. Leroy, based on uh, Savannah, uh, Savannah's book, Girl, Boy, Girl, is much more about Savannah's point of view being the person, what it was like for her. Um, so uh, right off the bat, I'm, I'm kind of elated that there are different pieces of, of this story that told that tell very different points of views. And, and, and this will get confusing. This will get a bit confusing. What <laughs> and we're we talking keep talking about, about JT yeah. Leroy. Like, who in the world right. is that? So, right. what, we're, so what, we're, what we're talking about, there's a, a be, there was a best-selling uh, author named JT uh, Leroy who had never stepped foot so in were, public. There before. were two major books that were written. The first one was Sarah, which came out in 2000. And it details, it is listed, and this is where Laura, the actual author brings a lot of points out saying, well, I always said it was fiction. It comes out as a fictional account, but it's loosely based on the memoir story of this person, J.T. Leroy, who was sexually abused and was a prostitute and whose the, the, mother the was... The son of a lot lizard, uh, truck stop prostitute mm -hmm. mother, you know. Who has also dealt with questions of gender identity mm -hmm. and identifies as a woman and then later on identifies as a man again, but then also wants a sex change. And so all of those elements come into this story. And then the second it's through book, the back half of the 90s. It's mm -hmm. the, we're, you know, this is not, you know, the Obama administration, you know, this is, you know, so it was very controversial material. And maybe even what now would be seen as like, oh, yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine to talk about at this point is has to, or at least according to Laura has to be presented through this fictional character. Mm hmm. But is is presented wholly as oh this is loosely based on someone's memoir right um, and Laura's name is never mentioned in any of the of the material. It's always J T Leroy right. Um, Jeremiah Terminator Leroy. Mm -hmm. 
But we will go back in time a little bit because Laura, I guess she grew up in San Francisco. Uh, and she, as the actual author of these things, had a lot of personal experience and problems. Yeah, the, with... the experiences that 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 um, made JT Leroy what he was, Laura actually did experience very much of. Um, she was pulling out of her real life. She she had been tricked out. She had been in in boys and girls homes. Um, she. The details of which I'm not totally totally clear on, but Neither anybody who's interested can go and watch the documentary. Like I said, it's on Prime right now, but she she does detail a lot of of what her life was actually like, and because it was so messed up, she did start to grow other personalities that often in, uh, manifested themselves as adolescent boys because she could not be herself and talk about these problems and these experiences. So she read, did yeah. kind of develop a a, a split personality. I read an interview with her where she was saying she would reach out on these hotlines and on these various things and suicide hotlines would and get group, yep. would get more reception and interest and whatever if she was presenting herself as a boy, which sucks. But that's the what she saw emulated mm -hmm. in her own life, and she was like, "Well, if I actually want to get my experience out, she developed this alternate, what she calls an avatar, and is." treats almost like an object or a third person as a part of herself. She starts living through fantasy. And and, and, and I'd forgotten this. This stuff is not as much in the movie because it's all, the movie is about Savannah, but this is Laura, the actual writer. Um, she was just battling massive weight problems. Mm -hmm. um, and that's honestly how her and Savannah bonded together and through a lot of, they could see that the, fluctuations in weight and bulimia and anorexia and all those kind of things were affecting both of them. Yeah. And that's oh, another wow. facet of how they came together was because Laura picked up on it was like, mm -hmm. I, I know, and I see you in this way. Yeah. Um, so how does Savannah come into this picture? So Laura, just to step back a second, like we said, she was reaching out to people. She was working at, on like a sex hot, line uh like sex phone sex yeah, line kind of thing and she had developed and like we said she is interested and in, almost out of necessity also playing around with different identities and being a different person and whatnot and she used different voices and she developed right this skill of I, I, being I, different people I just briefly i had the documentary on this morning i remembered that um, that she had like uh faked her way into this british band scene and got a boyfriend based on her british accent and kept it up for four months before mm -hmm. he found out that she that she just wasn't who she said she was and so that's kind of you can kind of see once she starts saying that she starts seeing the glimmer of what is to come mm -hmm. um she says in in a lot of interviews and stuff that i read that you don't even necessarily because savannah in in the book girl boy girl is like i I'm always so worried that I'm going to drop the accent or that I'm not going to say the right thing or that some detail that I was supposed to have known about this person is not right. going to be right. And Laura's just like, look, once people believe that you're something, you can completely mess up and they will keep believing what you told them. So like, she's like, Laura specifically has said, oh, I was doing stuff. And then I just like sort of faltered and dropped the accent halfway through and people didn't even notice. 
because they already believed I was the person that they wanted. They me do. To be. They do that in the movie too, mm-hmm. and they they put a, a a lot of the the beginnings of it is about how can this girl go out and actually do all these things, just like you were saying, and and and, and the Laura character is coaching her through it and and in one instance they do have this like where you know laura wants to go back to the hotel and they need to regroup because something went wrong but Mm -hmm. um savannah doesn't want to leave and trying to act out the we need to go right now kind of thing as the characters and then she just drops the the, her british accent Mm -hmm. we know her whole character yeah and, and in front of people in front of like high class people too and you, they cares. and they and and the filmmakers are so smart. They're putting the cameras on these people of just like kind of like it just washes over them of just like oh, okay, oh god, all right, and it's so right on because people absolutely do that. It's fan. It's a, It's a, It's fascinating that she was tapped into just how gullible people can be once they're convinced of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going off of that, Laura at one point in the 90s, was reaching out on a suicide hotline to this doctor named Terrence Owens. And she never presented herself as Laura. She presented herself as the person which we now know as JT Leroy. And like I said, she felt that it was easier to speak as that person. And this doctor, not knowing who she actually was, encouraged this JT person to write their memoirs down and write stories and and present it to the world. So like we said, this book came out called Sarah, which is loosely based on this experience, gained a lot of traction. People were interested. She got a picture of some random person for the back that was not her (laughs) as JT. And then in 2001... Hey, put this wig on. Yeah. (laughs) Glasses. (laughs) So in 2001, Savannah started becoming JT in public. How they met was Laura uh, was married to this guy, Jeff, and they had a kid before that as well. And they're living in San Francisco. Savannah is Jeff's sister. And so, like I said, they they had sort of been in familial relations, knowing each other and bonded over certain problems that they had had in the past. And uh, she was like, hey, can you can you do this one thing? Can you just like get a picture? Let me, let me, I need you to pose me, this. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's, that's all the, you know, the beginnings of, of the film are, are uh, Savannah moving to town, her brother bringing her in and like actually meeting Laura for the first time. And you get very, you get the sense immediately that Laura is this like very ethereal artsy person. You're talking about auras and souls and, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and, and Savannah comes in, she's got short dyed hair. You know, you can tell, you can definitely tell that, you know, like, you know, she's, you know, she's got a story. And so they just click immediately in, in that kind of way as, as in a way of, of Savannah coming into a new place Mm -hmm. and feeling welcomed by somebody older than her doing, you know, creative things that, that kind of new energy, that, that young energy, they do really well of, of setting that up really, really quickly within the first like five minutes or so. But, um, and in the initial part of this, of this, uh, I guess we should say that th- Laura does not like to call it a hoax. Right. Like it was it was categorized and this is the most interesting it, part of the story yeah. to me is the is the duality in the question between what are you what are you playing with here? Are you manipulating people for profit and is this a hoax and a con job or are you presenting it as a performance art piece? Right. And the right. fallout of that and a big part of it to me is what happens afterwards. You know. Yeah. And so like Laura has continued to do things and written and been on panels for festivals and work getting made into other things and whatnot 
And so it's like she didn't necessarily stop. It was a part of her life, and she no longer writes as J.T. Leroy, and people know who she is, but she's continuing to do stuff. Right. Although this has overshadowed most everything else. But I think that that, to me at least, I have some empathy or sympathy there to be like, oh, well, this is a good indicator of you didn't just come up with this scheme to right. make a bunch of right. money she was always and manipulate people. She was always a creative person. She was always working on something. She was in a band with Jeff. That was a big thing that they were kind of, that they were working on. Um, yeah. So it, she was always she was always doing something. And this JT like became an act. Like it, and so, if you, so if Savannah you are an artist, if you've ever known an artist, yeah. we all know the act. Sorry, what were you saying? Well, I'm just saying as as far as the 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 afterwards, like Savannah is still doing things as well in the art world and runs a fashion line mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's it's not like this completely abducted both of their personalities. They didn't, they didn't and, have like a goal of like, we're going to get this award to get the specific money. So, you know, like there was no like... It just built and built and built yeah, and built. Yeah, it was yeah. just like she wrote in this voice to get out all these feeling. And it's not even all real story. It's just feeling. So she wrote in this voice. It became an act. It became a bestseller. But the person doesn't exist. But people want the person. Yeah. So it's then, a pin name, but people want him to be real. So, so, yeah, so well. then building off of that, Savannah has to... Well, it doesn't have to, well, but here, it just put this wig on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's where the girl boy girl comes in because JT as a character is a boy, but Savannah, at this point, identifies as female and becomes JT, who wants to identify as a female. And all that plays into how it played out in real life, moment to moment. Mm-hmm. All of those contradictions all added up to the persona of JT Leroy, which all made it very strange. So you couldn't put your finger on anything. And mm-hmm. so it just... And people outwardly and were like, hey, are you a boy or a girl? What are you? And and Savannah would just respond because Laura taught her, like, people want to hear what they want to hear. So you could say, like, I am what I am today. And right. screw <laughs> yeah, you, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, that's that that person. Right. Yeah, it, it, it was... they. The film also did a great job of, of illustrating all of that kind of stuff of just... Um, and and that, that's the kind of... That's part of the story that I think is so fascinating to me is how accidentally it all worked and it mm-hmm. was kind of perfect. Like, so she is a girl dressing in guys and girls clothing, but she's supposed to be a boy with effeminate features. Yeah. And, and so mismatching all that, it works. Yeah. It totally works. Even yeah. though it's like, it's almost kind of lazy and stupid, but at, when you put it together and you, put him on the street in front of a photographer and there's JT. Everybody, yeah, oh, yeah, there he is. And so then what our listeners might not realize, which we haven't really brought up, where Laura comes into this picture is Laura is acting as her quote-unquote handler because JD is the, or JT is the talent. And so Laura is this character the that she's made manager, up. The assistant manager, like the, yeah. <laughs> she's made up called Speedy, who is this person who found JT and has been their friend and whatnot. And there's no history people, then this is when people got suspicious. They're like, right. well, how did they connect? What's right. going on here? How, and so, like I said, Laura <laughs> is actually married and has a kid. So they live together and they also have fake names. Jeff does not go by Jeff. Right. And her son has a different name, which to me was it's so strange because how does this kid I feel? Totally I totally do. The kid part of this is almost new to me. I'm like, did I even remember that? Yeah. And her, and her six-year-old kid at this point knows that Savannah is pretending to be JT, who is pretending to be somebody else, you know, it's a, it's a it's a 
complete mishmash in that household. Yeah. And so uh, Laura is constantly going with her on these book tours and showing up and speaking a lot for her because at the very beginning, JT doesn't say anything and just is getting pictures taken or mumble certain things because Savannah is concerned about doing a Southern accent. And then Laura is coming back in being speedy, putting on the British accent that she has developed over time Mm -hmm. uh, and being her handler and speaking for her and... So what's really happening is in all of the previous works where people are corresponding with JT, it has been Laura on the phone doing the Southern accent or emailing with people or communicating with JT has a Southern accent. I don't think, I don't know if we've ever yeah, explicitly yeah, yeah. said that JT has a very, has a Southern accent that they try to from West Virginia and the trailer parks and the truck stops and all of that stuff. Yeah. So Laura is, before Savannah even got into the picture, is running the correspondence, pretending to be him oh, on the it's, phone. It's well on its way. Mm-hmm. Like by the time they meet, like she's already has written. Like it, it, yeah, it's wildly on its way. <laughs> right, and so then out in public, Laura is the one that knows all the information about how she's corresponded with mm-hmm. people and what's going on and what JT knows and what's in his life history and all of that stuff. And so for Savannah, it becomes. It's a gradual process of her adopting that role and feeling, and then I imagine in the movie that becomes a problem too, where she's like, I don't even really know who I am right? because I am this other person out in public. And also, so throughout this time, some of the madness, it may not seem like a lot of madness. We've only ever mentioned one book that came out, but then in 2001, right when Savannah starts acting as JT in real life, the, another book comes out called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. And that is another memoirish series of short stories where more information about this JT character's life is revealed and people are endeared to it. Um, they get Bono to like say and then they're off reading the it in, yeah, in Rolling Stone. You know? So then that was also how <laughs> just through the, the, the way that this is working and how Laura sets up JT being her handler as like, oh, he doesn't want to talk. He's very shy. He's had trouble with drugs, so he's not going to parties. And the mystery, trust people. Yep. The mystery builds of like, well, we gotta and, meet and, this person. And like I was saying earlier, this is the part of this that I just eat up because the necessity of the act feeds into the act itself. I, I, it's just a, an accidental magic potion that this was able to work. And when me, me and Emily had to stop the movie last night to talk about it because she was looking at it kind of a, like, well, it looks so obvious that it's fake. And I had to go, I had to go, well, hold on a second, but we know how it is working with, with A-list talent. And we think about the people surrounding them. So now think about those now, think about this. Imagine that's A-list X and that's his handler. They would be lobbying. No, he likes eggs. We get, we need to go get eggs right now so that the talent never actually has to be mm-hmm. pushy or look mean or look bad. That happens all the time. So yeah. the dynamic they created was really thin and fake. But because those relationships are really thin and fake, it, it almost was exact. It was perfect. It was yeah. just a perfect magic potion. There was an interview where the interviewer says, how did you do it? And she responds with... Quote, well, the truth is, things get invented by accident or by dysfunction or by suffering. You create the way a pearl is created to alleviate irritation. I never asked myself, gee, how do I burst forth onto the literary scene? And we can see... Wow. No, I mean, lo- that really sums it up. Knowing That's a little bit really about her great. history as well, it's like the way she's saying, or by suffering. You, you, yeah. She was creating this out of a pain yeah. that she could not express or felt like she could not deal with sexual abuse, gender identity, all of that stuff 
at this time by writing as Laura right. Albert. And right. some people, and so then the next quote in the in the interview where she's saying, because we have mentioned briefly various celebrities that that came into play supporting J.T. Leroy. So I'll just go through some of them. Gus Van Sant, who's a famous director. J.T. Leroy helped him write the movie Elephant, which came out in 2003. He is, th- I think J.T. is thanked in the credits. As an executive film. producer yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, J.T. was a cover story in Vanity Fair in 2003 as well. Courtney Love was especially supportive. Madonna wrote to JT. They the had a correspondence. The doc opens with Renona Ryder giving a thank you speech saying how much of an inspiration. Like, looking to him, like, JT, you're such an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then because uh, JT could not, at the very beginning, speak at a lot of these things because they were concerned about the accent and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and pulling this off, they got celebrities to read it in their place, which, of course, they would eat Just- up ups the mystifying factor on this just it's it's so be the necessity of it feeds into the act itself i mm-hmm. mean it it was it's such it's almost too much to orchestrate if yeah. you tried to plan it out at the very beginning oh man yeah so then now we're getting into um the heart is deceitful uh book that came out which is the memoirs they optioned it to be made into a movie and I think this plays a lot into the most recent movie dealing with Savannah because the director, Asia, is into JT. Uh, this becomes, this is the part of the story that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. This is the part that I really was kind of blindsided by. And I'm interested to hear what you found on it because I think two things. I think, oh my God, how perfect of a uh really how perfect of a plot the identity crisis do mm-hmm. you want me for me um she also has you know savannah has this boyfriend that she's keeping up in in savannah in, in, in san francisco, in san francisco. Yeah. and so that that duality of who am i and who what who do you want what do i want who do you want me to be um becomes the focus of of the film which I had no concept of this secret relationship with this director and immediately I'm 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 sucked into that because it feeds directly into all of the themes. But uh, uh, my second thought is I hope it's not just kind of cheap and throw in a love story. I don't think it is because no, they it really a, they big, really it was a big facet of the book. Okay, great. Cuz yeah. that this is the part I had no concept of. And so just from the documentary which is all Laura's perspective, none of this is in it and and in because of that Laura's story kind of falls to the wayside in the film in the narrative film mm-hmm. um which is replaced by this that is i mean it's fascinating and, yeah. and i really savannah, want to hear savannah want to hear has, the truth of it savannah has felt through this situation wondering who she is she says i didn't understand laura first of all in this book meaning they're not in good terms in modern times now, <laughs> nor probably in all of these experiences, right. though they did have a connection. Um, and and part of that conflict comes from Laura pretending to be the side person when she's actually the one writing it, which is, and also maybe they pick up on this in the documentary, but a weird conflict of like, hey, actually I did this, but this person who is pretending to be this person is getting credit and yes that I'm becomes scratching. A, most of of laura's character in yeah. the film there is a big scene where that she has that um that kind of coming out of, of like actually i'm the one doing this right but savannah feels this strange necessity of 
oh, I can't sabotage Laura right now. Though mm-hmm. it looks like in a lot of times Laura is trying to sabotage herself because she maybe wants the credit or is sick of the charade. Mm-hmm. Maybe not through pride, but just out of... Getting close to, to... I've scratched that itch. This is now over. And she's just waiting. This is how Savannah feels for it to be found out at a certain point, which is why she's so hesitant to keep doing yeah. it. Because she's like, this is over before it's begun now. <laughs> like, we don't need to yeah. go do this other book tour. Like, you're you're saying a lot Very of stuff. Dangerous. People are, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is no longer serving its purpose. It's, um, it's growing yet again. She just she wonders whether Asia, who is the person who has picked up the rights to make the movie based on the second book, which the movie actually did come out in two thousand six, though all of this was already revealed. They and they've twisted it in the film. In the film, the movie that Asia is wanting to do is Sarah, so they kind of condense it, right? Uh, they yeah, condense yeah, it yeah. down, but it's so out in the in and the the the, the, uh, the real Asia, who is none of these people are portrayed. None of these people are. The actual people in right. the in they're all actors, but she is, her character is changed because she does not endorse this at all. So I believe I was wondering that a, was immediately kind of another thought I was having. It's a different name. It's a French this. person like, who instead is of Italian. This person? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that she is not involved in any of this stuff. Um, Denies it in the end of the year, and just doesn't say, "Hey, like that's I I'm not I didn't support this film being made or any of the stuff that you guys are talking about," um, but. Savannah is saying in the book she was always wondered whether Asia was attracted to her or to JT. And the question being, if I tell her, is she not going to... Because I like her and love her and want to be involved with her as Savannah. Right. And so is she not going... Does she know and she's just playing around? But is it... It's too much of a risk to show her. But there's a time where she's... As JT saying like, hey, you know, I'm taking hormones, I've gotten breasts, and I've been binding them, and all that stuff. And Asya's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, let's still do it. But even with that, she's like, well, that's not me. And does she know that it's Savannah? It's still the proportion of the lie. Right. And that's like as far as she can go in the lie still. Right. But it's still so much, but she's still, still conflicted much. about still it. Still nowhere close to the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I am Savannah, a 22-year-old community college dropout who works at a Thai restaurant. Like, she's still that yeah, and not JT. And is this person or is anybody interested in who I am right. outside of that? Where does this value come from? It's an interesting thing. Yeah. And there's a quote at the end of the chapter where she's talking about Asya, where she says, Asya says, you are beautiful, JT. And like, wants to hear that, but with her name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is just crazy to think about. So yeah, they de- God, she definitely funny. goes into that a lot in the This in is the, the part of the story. I'm so glad we did this because this is the aspect of it that, I've, that you, I'm just not aware of at all. And... I'm sad that in the movie that Laura's story kind of takes a back seat, but it is Savannah's point of view. Um, and it's two very different experiences. In the documentary, the it might be better thing. suited to tell Laura's point mm-hmm. of view. So, and, and thank God that there's two. And just as a side, like Kristen Stewart is perfectly cast as mm-hmm. JT Leroy. I've never said Kristen Stewart is perfectly cast as anything, <laughs> uh, but she is perfectly cast as Savannah. 
Yeah. Um, as Savannah, I think that's like, I mean, it might be the role that she was always supposed to play in a And they actually way. talked and Savannah spent a lot of time, I believe they spent nine years working on this. My the, God, Well, really? because the book came out in 2008. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm glad. I mean, and they put a, you can tell they put a lot of work into it. You can tell they didn't quite have enough money, but uh, mm-hmm. Kirsten Stewart really does a fantastic job. This whole role is threading the needle between who between these two people with two wildly different lives yeah. one of which is just a snowballing a snowman <laughs> yeah that just keeps growing it it's wild that it's happened now too in 2019 considering that the whole situation of everything being revealed by journalists happened in 2006 and then this book, Girl, Boy, Girl, about Savannah's story, came out in 2008. But I guess the doc came out in 2016, and so then right. that brought it more to the forefront. But there's more time has passed to where it doesn't seem... Like, I didn't know anything about it. Well, it doesn't seem as relevant. And studying, a lot of the celebrities that factor in are kind of outdated now. Right. And what That has yeah. a, lot to, uh, a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. Time has to go by before anybody can have any idea of who's suited to tell a story. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the the necessity. Though I'm, I'm I am a little bit surprised that it's just now happened. Yeah. So so basically, we're gonna go into now. We know kind of all these things are escalating. There's movies being made based on the books, and <laughs> there's book tours and and all of you know Vanity Fair. We're starting to see some journalists who, according to Laura, kind of have more of a vicious element to it because from her perspective. And we can never know if she's lying or not, but it was not designed to be what a lot of people made it out to be affecting negatively. A quote from one of the interviews that I read, she said, a lot of people signed up for the parade. The parade came to town and they loved it and it helped them. And when the reveal came, they could get attention for being injured. So to her, she said, when authors hide themselves, it's not always just to meet Madonna. Sometimes it's the only way to talk about things that are too terrifying to talk about. There we go. I think that's the, that's a very important part of this. Yeah. And Um, and according to her, that that is what the intent behind it all was. And just for, I mean, I don't know very much about it, but just from reading all this stuff, I kind of get a sense of empathy. Like I said, because of the after effects, she didn't just fade into it. It's like, she's continuing to make stuff and work on things and right. and was doing her thing anyways. When they and got this found is a thing that she's closed it the there book it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, and I guess this is what the movie brings up as well, is how it affected Savannah right. further on right. in, I the, think in that's, the future. That's kind of the point is I think Savannah kind of get, ends up getting lost in it all. I mm-hmm. think that is the overwhelming point between the yeah. book and the film is in what is J.T. Leroy, the, the the phenomena, Savannah Noop falls away. Right, yeah. And this, I, I, at the end of the book, it's, you know, or in something that I read, it's like when you look up Savannah Noop, all you can find is things about J.T. Leroy, not what she's doing now. Wouldn't that be maddening? Yeah. So what happens is in 2005, some journalists, like I said, are starting to get wise to things. They're starting to put the pieces together. I'll put links in the show notes to the various articles that I read, and you can kind of see the progression. In 2005, there was an article from the Houston Press, and this person is just casting a little bit of doubt only because 
now these things have started to become more of memoirs when they originally were just completely fictional things. Like J.T. Leroy is an author who wrote a fictional thing loosely based on their life. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh no, this is their life. And so people are digging more into it because that bar was set further right. on. So he's like, well, there's all these incongruencies with places and specific names and things going on. And now I'm going to delve into the history. I thought it was funny because one of the things they mentioned was Publix. And there's like, there's uh -huh. no Publix there. <laughs> where they where they lived or in the in the location that they were mentioning, that's um, <laughs> and that was in this Houston Press article. I was like Publix. That's that's how it starts. <laughs> Publix is what tipped him off. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for that Publix, <laughs> then there were some more articles that came out. There was a a New York, I believe it was a New York Times article that came out in 2006 because this guy Warren St. John calls Savannah and is like, "Hey, I know." what's going on mm. and here's the photo evidence and whatever and th he's more into the scoop of the thing look i know you might as well just talk to me before it hits mm -hmm. yeah and so that's kind of the end of it the financial and material fallout of it like i said 2006 the heart is deceitful movie still comes out and in 2007 laura is sued for fraud because they're they had talks with somebody else to make the Sarah movie and she signed it under a false name. JT Leroy doesn't exist. Um. So they were suing her for fraud and for all this other stuff. And she had to pay $350,000 from her future earnings. Good Lord. Uh, that was settled out of there. And then, like I said, in 2008, Savannah's memoir was released and off we go. But I think something that was interesting from reading a lot more of Laura's interviews was how she was saying people also knew like in her mind, looking back on it about all the stuff that happened, she was like, I didn't think it was, this is not a direct quote, but to me it seemed like she didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like we said, Courtney Love was very involved and she says that Courtney Love said, Hey, you should go on Oprah. Like this should be the big reveal. And Laura did not want to be the one to make the reveal of it. Right. Um, and she was saying that uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins knew about it, knew it was her. They had told that it was Laura and not JT, and that person didn't exist. He knew about that and was encouraging okay. her. Like this was so I, I could imagine if if there was a balance of sides where it's like, okay, yes, I'm doing this. If like nobody knew, but obviously like her family knew, right. and there were other people and other celebrities that bought into it and then found out, or she was saying like uh, she would tell people and be like, hey, it's it's me. Like if it got to a certain point where the jig was up and it wasn't worth, right, or it was like right, they kind of got right. the joke, so to speak. She said that people would then call the, the JT number yeah. that they had and be like, hey, Speedy's a maniac, which was Laura's alter ego as the handler. She's trying <laughs> to take credit for your work. And then she would have to respond in JT's Southern voice. Oh, no, she's not trying to take my work. Yeah, she's, you know what I mean? She's just looking out for me. Yeah, she's so it's like she's created... Been. Yeah, people, like I said, it, it's become such a layered thing that people aren't even believing her when she's speedy saying, hey, I'm Laura and I <laughs> actually did this. They would call JT and be like, listen, Speedy's trying to take... <laughs> Speedy's lost her mind. <laughs> yeah. She's <laughs> so like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, it, I can't re reveal it to people. There's so much here about social anxiety uh the, the the identity that we purport ourselves to be out in public the, and the contradiction between who that is 
to the people we meet out in the world and who that is to, you know, just ourselves when we're alone with ourselves. It's interesting that these people, both Savannah and uh, Laura, feel so pressured and so discounted and mm -hmm. so marginalized. We live in a society where somebody doesn't feel... Um, comfortable enough to talk about their upbringing as themselves because of the judgment that will be placed upon them. So they have to, like, I can't say it as eloquently as she did in that quote about the pearl, but through this process of pain, this pressure building, you create something out of it. Um, so and there's in a this quote, instance, yeah, says, it's another person, it's another personality. Mm -hmm. And somehow it it evolved to enveloping another whole human being. Who now believes that they're that person. Right. Yeah. Uh, and who also is in the middle of their own identity journey. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's absolutely fascinating. J.T. Leroy becomes so much more powerful when, when you start to think of it as an idea yeah. of freeing yourself from your, your you know, the constraints. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, man... I didn't do X because I didn't feel like I could do that as Evan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting idea? And I feel like the the Taylor from high school is a different person. Right, me too. Don't yeah. we all feel like that? Yeah. Now, if we all feel like that, doesn't JT start to seem a little bit less crazy? The whole idea, how it came to be and why? Yeah. Fascinating. And And also why you look at like these celebrities and people that gravitated to it. Because it does resonate. Oh, yes. You want, it's it, it's a fake rags to riches story of this imaginary character, but it's also a true story of Laura, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, absolutely. People who had no identity, who created one. Mm -hmm. that, and she, that, was that. Speaking, she was speaking for a marginalized voice, especially with gender identity, being yeah. like, I don't, you know, representing that in a way that people could tangibly, and that's the thing, people wanted to see it. They were like, I want to see this. Mm -hmm. We we can read People about it. People wanted to hear the story. People wanted to hear the struggle yeah. because, uh, you know, I, and thank God, you know, that time keeps going on. But, you know, we have, we can talk about these things a bit more now. And yeah. these things are a bit, and we can see, uh, looking back, it almost seems like, man, we were kind of striving to hear about these types of things because, wow, we're all not that much different. Yeah. She says in an interview that J.T. Leroy does not exist, but he lives. And in 2014, there was a HIV-AIDS fundraiser, and there was a gender-fluid fashion model named Rain who played J.T. Leroy on the oh. runway. Like, they invited J.T. Leroy. Oh. And that person played. Oh, that. wow. I didn't yeah. know that. That's, that's funny. And, and there's uh, another instance of this is Andy Kaufman's uh, character, um Tony Clifton, how you can create, and this again, relating back to like what I was saying earlier about the act, then that's exactly how they branded it and looked at it. And it was a product is like, this is the act. Andy Kaufman being a, a comedian with a name went out as another identity, as a grouchy old bar singer, except also his writing partner who helped him on all his other stuff also went out as this grouchy old bar singer. Um, and it created another person, very much like J.T. Leroy, who, in fact, still pops up from time to time, uh, mm -hmm. even though he never existed. And Andy Kaufman's been dead for 40 years, or 30, I can't, I can't remember yeah. now, but he's been dead for decades. Um, but somehow, Tony Clifton might still show up in your bar someday. 
with yeah. a bunch of girls in a limo. Like it, it's it's bizarre, and it it it's just I'm I'm just I'm just thinking right now about the identity freeing. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like personas. Laura and Savannah's stories are sort of staggered where Laura is older and has had this experience and done this thing. And Savannah ended up just being the proxy for that experience. And That's now why. Savannah a, yeah. has to have their own experience about what's going on. So uh, some, some information that I got from some more interviews and quotes and whatnot, uh, Laura w- in this time frame also was writing for the HBO show Deadwood and oh. the producer asked... It, she was going to be credited as JT Leroy on there. And then they said, do you want to be credited as JT Leroy when it actually came out or as Laura? And she chose Laura. And he was like, that's right. Like, you know, because she said, I had used JT as asbestos gloves to handle material that I otherwise couldn't touch. Now that the gloves are off and I'm more directly able to talk to people, they feel empowered to make themselves more directly available too. So it was a object or a vessel or a means for her to speak um coping mechanism what an amazing coping mechanism and the last little thing that i had what what fit in with the jt Leroy persona that also fit in with laura's was she was saying at the end of this interview the ultimate hope is that i can reveal myself and you won't go away which is why she didn't want to do yeah. the JT thing, but it's also literally in the fictional account of JT's story in his books, The Heart is Deceitful and Sarah, mm. about my ultimate hope is that I can reveal myself and you won't go away. Oh, that it wow. won't be done. I was yeah. like, that's incredible that yeah. that is both the literary and literal reflection of her life and what she's expecting, which then makes sense why this whole facade, she didn't want to go on Oprah and be the right. one saying, hey, ba 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 it's me, it's actually right. me. Right, like right, that's, right, right. <laughs> if she did that, it wouldn't, prove her point right. it wouldn't yeah. reveal her character which i think further uh, it goes to demonstrate that it wasn't supposed to be malicious that it wasn't to you know pull the wool over people's eyes it was a roller coaster something. that had to stop somewhere yeah. and yeah. it stopped though yeah. and this gets into something no i have two thoughts number one i've thought about the idea of celebrity and about now i don't really know who is real and who's not because <laughs> uh, you could i mean who's johnny depp you know what I mean? You know, like, yeah. well, it's funny. There are certain <laughs> celebrities that have like, oh yeah, I'm going to put my Twitter account or I'm going to do whatever. And it's like, that's still not you. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. was the people that actually adopted it became much more personal. And then you see even brands. It's like, I don't care about you craft singles in your Twitter account. Like nobody, you're not a person, you know, <laughs> same thing with right. so-and-so's, you know, Instagram, whatever. It's like, you're just putting up the pretty picture. If you're actually being a person. But that's hard to do to a million people or whatnot. Yeah. Which is why almost always some sort of book or memoir or thing, it does have to be embellished. And you do distill elements and remove things and add things. It's just by the necessity of creating something, it becomes something else. But yeah. back, going back to the hurt of it, if, the, if we want to call this a hoax and the people who were upset by it, it seems to me that perhaps... I don't know. There could be a lot of camps there because the, the, the writing could mean a lot to somebody who had been through those experiences, you know, similar experiences, um, who felt like finally, you know, an artist got that and it was finally taking main stage. Yeah. Um, and then to find out it's not real. That's that's one thing. But I honestly don't feel like that's where the outrage came from. I felt like the outrage really came from all the celebrities that they, they just made look like idiots. Yeah. Um, which might be another... Side point, I, I, I just kind of love that all these kind of fake people end up looking fake. 
because right. they are. And or is are like they really any more real than JT Leroy? Or like Courtney Love, who knew about it and figured it out and still went along with it, and then she's in the freaking movie right. because, she, <laughs> because she believed in it. You know what I mean? And she's like, I'm okay with it because yeah. I yeah. was a part of it, yeah. and it got me, and I'm glad. It's interesting. Like I so like and I but I could imagine what if I did have an intimate relation, not intimate, intimate, but an intimate relationship. I thought with JT Leroy, and we would shared you know some nights emails together, and phone you know, calls. And, yeah, and, and then I turned out and oh. That would be. Oh, a this was bit all an different. art piece. Oh, if this I was, was all close a... to them and not in on it, that would be that would be where I'd feel the most hurt. If I was close to them and not in on it, mm-hmm. if I was made to look like an idiot, or if the material really deeply spoke to me on a level that I felt was authentic and real, and then turned out not yeah. to be. But and I that's don't where, feel like and that's, that's where Laura also there. says like art. It was designed as art. And it's some art is designed right. to make you feel uncomfortable, right. and it just sucks that like certain people's emotions are affected. But that will always yeah. be the case with anything. So you just have to look at the pros and cons. For me personally, I know very little about this just from looking at it briefly this week. But to me, it was like, oh well, this was an experiment that had its casualties. But on the whole, for understanding humans and the human experiment experience and awareness of different subject matter that we wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah. Bravo advancing i mean it's really helping take this you know advancing the step of being able to talk like being able to take those and you can watch interviews Uh, laura and savannah are not close anymore but it doesn't seem like they are in a pit of despair right and worse for wear and really you bring up someone's name they dart eyes across the room (laughs) yeah they're continuing to make work that's what i'm saying right no yeah yeah, has not crippled that experience so do we have anything else to say i feel like we hit i think we did it yeah Okay. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for going on this bizarre journey with us. Yeah. One announcement this week. If you wouldn't mind leaving a review, it would help us out a ton. If you're on Spotify, jump over to Apple real quick and leave us a review. It would really help us out. We got some new announcements, some really cool stuff coming up next week. Um, I don't know. So stick around for that. Yeah, stick around for that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Bye.